You're listening to the Soul Path Psychics Podcast with your host, Stephen Sinfield. Welcome to Soul Path Psychics Podcast. And today's special guest is Psychic Pamathra, pin number 5313 on the Soul to Path Network. If you'd like to speak with Pamathra, please give us a call or visit soultopath.com.au. Hello, Pamathra. How are you going today? Hello, Stephen. Great, thank you. Oh, that's good, good to be here. And I'm glad to have you here today. Let's get into this. Most of our listeners really want to know where do our psychics begin their spiritual journey? And I'm sure you have a very exciting story to tell. Yes, indeed. Well, I, I have four strands, you might say, um, that have developed over time or from which I have gained my psychic abilities. First of all, I have always been um, psychic uh, as a little girl, even in a pushchair about three years old. I had premonitions. I had dreams um, where people told me things. And then I would tell my parents or other people um, that this sort of thing was going to happen or, you know, we were going to be picked up in a taxi that was not black. It was going to be red and cream. And these things happened. And so... I've always had those, and I had a spirit child up, up until the age of seven. Of course, many children are psychic up until that age, uh, and then mainstream society kicks in with rationality. But in my case, the, the second strand was my family. My matrilineal line, my mom and her mother, were psychic. They didn't like to dabble particularly because they were very spiritual. Probably my grandma thought it was God talking to her. She was a Christian scientist, my grandmother, which was quite new vogue in her day because, I mean, we're going back quite a lot of decades. Are they actually still around? No, 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 they, no. They're long gone. <laughs> Even my mom, who died early, um, you know, in, in, in her 70s. Um, but she was very psychic. My mother was very psychic. And she had lots of experiences where she would change her day, um, uh, you know, over the death of someone or over meeting someone that was going to be significant in her life. And she told me many stories. So I actually grew up being able to discuss my dreams and my experiences and my premonitions with my mother because um, she understood. And on the other side of my family, my father and his lineage were more philosophers and nonconformists in a religious way, but all were spiritual. Oh, that's good. Yes. And, and then um, later on in life, um, you know, sort of from my 20s when I was traveling and living in other countries, and I uh, continued to have these experiences, probably not so much through my 20s, because I do find that when we are highly emotionalized, it's easier to reach the psychic plane uh, in some cases. Um, so mainstream life kicked in in the 20s. But then in my 30s, I was getting the experiences again. And probably late 20s or early 30s, uh, I joined a, a mystical order. I have joined many mystical orders o over time. But uh, the one that stuck and that I have been involved in for a long time is the Rosicrucian order, Amor, the ancient mystical 
order Rosai Cruces, which is all over the world. And, and you know, if you if you can imagine a top-down design plan with, you know, parapsychology, psychology, spirituality, religions, and um, psychic phenomena, psychometry, which they call vibratrogy, uh, and all those subjects under one umbrella, then it, it's normal to be like me. <laughs> there are other people like me. Yes. And uh, that has been able to highlight my journey uh, and uh, help me further understand dreams um some of which are symbolic and some of which are full-on face-to-face meetings with people who have passed over who are dear to me, including pet. And, uh, of course, psychologists would say, oh, you know, that's that's just delusional or something, but um, except Jungian psychology. And then there's also, um, I'm a yoga instructor, so that I have the Eastern philosophy as well and um, to keep you in tune so that's my fourth strand that is the yoga which is all i've also been involved in that for about 40 years so you were probably one of the early adopters in the um, western culture doing yoga yes probably well uh, i don't i wasn't one of the first in in, in this land but uh, i i started in about 1980 just doing yoga and then about three or four years later be, uh, became a teacher yes so this line of work how long have you actually been doing it professionally for people um since 2012 i was working for um the other line which you know about and all, all the smaller lines um probably are no longer there but i worked um for uh, guiding light psychics for about seven years and then had a year off and then came to you <laughs> yeah i mean unfortunately yes with um the way that the telecommunication industry dropped out probably the most lucrative way for phone psychics to make money by paying on your bill a lot of clients sort of didn't like the new world or haven't got used to the new world just yet but you yes. know they will and it's just a matter they of will. actually yes. Just a matter of hanging in there and really trying to offer good service to our clients. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I think to be of service is a blessing and, um, you know, that's what we can all do. And when I started, um, when a, another yoga teacher actually told me about the, the line I used to work for, and I thought, oh, no, I couldn't do that because I'd only ever done it for friends or people I worked with as a bit of fun. And it was usually fairly spot on. And um, I thought, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, it's a rip off, you know. Um, but then my best friend who is also in the Rosicrucian order said, no, that you can help people, you know, you you can be of service to people through that. That's your opportunity, you know. So I was already teaching yoga. I guess I was being of service in that way. But uh, yeah, this was another opportunity. And so looking at it like that and it's a real blessing when people say, oh, thank you so much. And I really enjoyed the reading and you really helped me, you know, or if they want to talk, they'll I've uh, almost finished a uh, diploma in counselling, so there's that as well. One of my main objectives when I actually started um, Salt Path Psychics was that I wanted a service that had quality readers and was affordable to the common person. And yes. a lot of services out there are not affordable. I won't pay $20 a minute to speak to someone. I think that's oh, an absolute no. ripoff. <laughs> I won't even pay five ninety five a minute either because it's like, where are they getting off on those prices? It's, you know, it's astronomical. I mean, look, yes. my 
my lowest rate's a dollar ninety a minute, and you know I've really cut costs, and I make you know very little out of that after you spend advertising and all the other stuff you have to do associated with the business but it's really about offering that service to people and making it affordable yes i think that's really good and uh, i'm sure it will build um you know build back up again for that reason and uh, i i I believe that people like it because it's anonymous. Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest thing I like about phone psychics because, you know, you can sit in front of a psychic and unfortunately I've been guilty of it too. You know, you see a client getting distressed. Well, I'm not going to tell them that bad stuff that's in the cards or whatever. Because, mm. But on the phone, you don't see that, so you can, you're free to, to give them the information you're getting. And, yeah. you, you know, you don't, you know, you may upset them, but they're not physically in your presence and they're not, their energy is not um, flowing with yours face-to-face. You know, it does, fa- it does flow over the phone, but for that face-to-face interaction, because, you know, we never want to deliver bad messages. You know, that truthfulness is about... Honouring your gift, telling the clients what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And oh, yes, I agree. You know, particularly on relationships. Um, uh, but, but, of course, there's, there's a responsibility comes with reading and we sometimes have to tread carefully. That's true. But there's always an alternative when you're doing a reading, right? So, you know, some people will have their fixation on one person and yes. if they actually just let go a little... Yes, absolutely. Something better is coming through the door, you know. Just trust the universe. And And the other thing they like to do is they don't have a concept of divine timing. So they want it to hurry up and they want to just, and they'll sabotage it instead of yes, waiting exactly. for the right time. Yes. So, yes. I mean, the universe has your best interest at heart yeah. or the best interest in terms of the lessons you need to learn at this point in time in your incarnation. That's right. And, you know, people that try to hurry it up and they sabotage it and they don't actually get what they want in the end. It will come when the right time comes. Yes, I mean, I know I've been through that myself, saying, I want to evolve, I want to evolve, you know, give me all my karma now. <laughs> and, and then you're like putting your hand up to the universe and say, oh, stop, I don't want it anymore. Yeah, because, I mean, the universe can give us some really hard lessons to learn when we yes. actually are trying to push something and they, they give us a taste of it. And, you know, mm. and, and when we say, no, 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 we, you know, pull back a bit, we'll stop. We'll wait for you. Things start to ease a little, um, mm. you know. And I mean, but there's a whole pattern also in some clients where they will ring and ring and ring, and they'll do psychic shopping all over the place trying to get that one answer. But that one answer can't be found. No, no, and and woe betide the person that gives them the answer just that they want, uh, you know, and not not as it's seen, not as it, you know, is on the ether to be picked up by psychics, yeah. Fine. I don't encourage any of the psychics on the line to to tell people what they want to hear. I'd rather a client hang up on a psychic than to tell them a lie. It's that simple. Yes, yes. Well, sometimes, you know, very occasionally, you know, there's someone that's very angry and, of course, it's very hard to get through an angry energy pattern 
Yes, it is very hard. Um, uh, and it's better to say, well, you might like to try another psychic or, you know, just ha- have a relax and call back. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you there. Um, mm. So I actually don't have an issue with um, psychics telling clients the truth. In fact, I actually ask them all to do it because I'd rather the client know the truth and and then they'll be able to move on with their life than to keep being trapped into this, when's he or she coming into my life? It's been 10 years. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I really, really feel sorry for those people because in that 10 years they've missed so many opportunities for happiness. Yeah, I know. We we, uh, we need to let go of the past. I mean, you can allow yourself a grieving period, but then you need to really move on and trust in the universe. Yes, you do. Very much so. <laughs> And see what's around the next corner. Yep. And, you know, everyone meets a few cosmic jokes. They sure do. Yeah. Uh, as my grandma said, you have to hit a lot of frogs before you meet a prince. <laughs> <laughs> and princesses too today, don't forget. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah. With your readings, what actual tools do you use? Well, I mainly pick up um, pictures of uh, where they are and what they're doing. And um, so I guess clairvoyance, uh, sometimes clairsentience, I get words into my head. I, I, I don't necessarily know the whole thing around that. I just, I, and so I, you know, if I get, say, a city in America, uh, I may ask, have you got some connection to this city? You know, and in one, one case, I, um, I, I think it was with guiding light psychics I mentioned a particular part of America and, and that's where this person had relatives and was going planning on going there so you know I don't necessarily know whether initially initially whether it's past present or future in some cases and in some cases I do but uh, I know what uh, I, I know I pick up their energy patterns and what's going on in their life and what the issues are for them to overcome yes yeah that's good I mean yeah. and I'd say you know, you probably use um, cards as well if you need to as well with that. Yes, I, I do use cards and I use runes, uh, but my main strand is the um, clairvoyance. I just pick up vibrations and pictures, you know, the same as if I were holding their necklace and doing psychometry if they were in front of me. I actually prefer it on the phone. I actually, um, yeah, because you're not using psychology, you know, you're not sort of measuring the person and thinking, oh, you know, that couldn't be right. Because it's always the first thing that comes into your mind it is probably right. That's true. That's absolutely true. And, yeah. you know, and I encourage people who um, have an issue with phone readers that maybe they should give them a go because, you know, you don't actually have to be in front of another person for a reading. And in fact, a phone reader is more likely to tell you the absolute and honest truth than sitting in front of a person, as we touched on a bit earlier, the reasons why. You know, the phone readers, all they're relying on is the energy exchange between you and the psyche and what spirit yeah. brings in. Yes, and um, I just find it easier, probably not easier, but but um, I appreciate that it's anonymous for the person. Yeah, and that that's a good thing because you don't know the person. You never, you know, you don't. No. You never meet them. So it's like there's things that psychics will tell you that, you know, how the hell did they even know that other yeah. than spirit is sharing that information? It's a confirmation. Yeah, sometimes I get a picture of them, you know, whether they've got blonde hair or red hair or 
whatever. Um, and, it, and you know, nine times out of 10, that's right. But mostly I just pick up energy patterns uh, of their psychology or their, uh, their karmic journey. Yes, yeah. So in your past, I mean, you've been reading for quite some time now. Do you have memorable highlights of people you've read for and what's actually occurred during that reading? Well, I did have um, a testimonial from my previous line where um, I uh, told a friend that um, she was a friend actually but um, she gave a testimonial um, but she's in UK so I did it on the phone and um, I told her you would have um, you'd find uh, you're going to move uh, and it's going to be above a shop you're going to have a flat above a shop and uh, that came to pass Uh, and there was no she didn't hadn't even planned of moving at the time and she found a shop uh, a very nice flat right above Marks and Spencer's in a certain area <laughs> <laughs> well you know yeah. And, yeah and that's another thing is that when something comes to us like that instance where she wasn't planning on moving but you actually had her moving I always tell clients don't discredit it just mm. allow and see what happens but this is what spirit's sharing yeah, indeed. And I say, we'll put that on one side, you know, we'll carry on with something else. But um, just remember it uh, if something happens around that place or that person. Yeah, yeah, totally true. So, you know, what what do you think actually makes a good psychic? Well, I guess being psychic is like tuning in a radio station. You know, we've all got it. But in the Western world, we're taught, you know, it's just coincidence or something. And it's like turning the dial until you're on the station. So I always had it but you know the things I've been doing in my in my life have have made it more fine-tuned and I I think a a good psychic is being able to pick up on a few things being able to help the person in their journey because they might not be able to see that what they're doing or or feeling or thinking might be keeping from them the very thing that they want yes and also spirit doesn't reveal everything to us so if the client's not allowed to know spirit won't tell us because there's something in it that hasn't happened yet yes that's right we can't we can't know everything but yeah so what's not revealed uh, as you say we can uh, they can only reveal uh, to us as an intermediary to help that person that's true i mean you know i yeah over the years i've had clients that ask are they sleeping with other people and it's like well you know are you with them no well what business is it of yours it's seriously it's no one's business so there's no commitment there so why even go down to that negative past and put all this pain on yourself because you think that they're sleeping around but they're a free person you know it doesn't matter for them it's not part of their life journey the client's journey or you know what are they wearing today it's like well (sighs) pick up the phone and call them and ask them yeah yeah it's really stuff that you that psychics do get questions like that all the time (laughs) unfortunately Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, well, it's a bit like prayer, isn't it? I mean, you, you don't ask for something that you can sort out yourself. No, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very true. Very true. What do you enjoy about delivering messages to people from spirit, source, God, whatever you call him? Yeah. Um, well, I I enjoy helping people uh, and I, I really enjoy, you know, I get a buzz from when they're really pleased and, you know, they say it's been a great reading or thank you or when people ring back because, you know, they like you, <laughs> you know, and they like what 
what you've um, done for them. So I, I like the connection, especially when some readings are really good or if you, you know, sometimes when it's a regular person, you can't do as a, maybe as fulfilling a job as, as, you know, someone who's new because you're already like a friend. <laughs> yeah, that's true because, you know, regular callers generally find a psychic they like to go to, but then, you know, somewhere along all that line, you don't want to upset them because, you know, you've already built up this great rapport with them. Yeah, and it's yeah. A, and, it, and it is really walking on that um, tightrope with those yeah. sort of people because you don't want to offend them. You want, you want the best for that person oh absolutely i mean i i really like you know a lot of my clients that are you know regular callers and um, yeah i i just want the best for them like i would my best friend yeah yeah well well you know sometimes clients do become like your best friend by the phone <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it is. You know, we do. Yeah, I don't know. If there's there's no simple answer to it, uh, to be honest. But you know, we still have to honour our gift, and honouring our gift is to tell them the truth as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The truth. Um, the truth shall set you free. And that's absolutely correct. <laughs> it does. I mean, look. In you know. We've all had rough periods in our lives and we've all turned to psychics and, you know, I've had psychics that have told me things and because I didn't want to believe that, I've just hung up on them myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? What they were saying I knew was true. <laughs> But I wanted an alternative story. Yeah, yeah, I I know. I mean, and and particularly with relationships, that that comes to play many times. Well, you know, I have been in one of the worst narcissistic relationships in my life. And, you know, after I actually ended up ending it because it was just so toxic and there was no change. There was never going to be a change. And so, you know, I just think... If two people aren't putting 100% in a relationship, the relationship is going nowhere and Mm. you can't compensate for the other person. It's just that simple. Yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, So finally, as a reader, do you ever find it difficult to read for some people? Yes. uh, I mentioned earlier um, when someone is angry or, you know, when they they go on the phone and say, is he going to get back with me or not? I just got five minutes and I want to (laughs) know. Well, I've heard you know, that when before. someone is angry, they build a, a wall around themselves psychically, and, that, and it's hard to penetrate it. So um, I will, I will try for a few minutes, but sometimes I just find that barrier. Uh, very occasionally, and very occasionally, do I get anyone like that? It might be one in fifty, but but yeah, that that you know, if you're feeling angry, even even if you don't come across like that, but if, if you're feeling angry and uh, or you know, if you're very skeptical about psychics, for example example, you know, uh, yeah, I'll give her a ring, but, you know, she'd probably tell me a load of bollocks, um, then, um, you know, those things are picked up by the psychic. So um, that's, that wouldn't make for a good reading. You have to be open, um, you know, thoughts of things. They travel, they're picked up by others. Um, uh, and you carry all these things around you in your aura like a magnet and so to, to attract or repel. So, um yeah, you have to be relaxed, take a few deep breaths before you come online um, and be prepared, as I say, and for my readings, to, to give your first name, the vibration of your first name uh, and your actual date of birth. That sits you in front of me. Uh. Yes, I totally agree with you there. 
I've actually had a lot of clients, you know, come in angry. But, you know, when you actually go for a psychic reading, any type of psychic reading, have a list of questions because, you know, the psychic can do that general what's happening around you, but then you may want to ask questions further. Spirit's not going to give us everything. So, you know, at the end of the reading, generally psychics will ask, is there anything else you'd like me to look at? Yes. That's your opportunity to start asking those questions and the psychic can easily then tap into that information. Also, don't go giving a psychic a call from a public place like a train station or a train or in your car. You should be relaxed at home, sitting down in a very quiet place so you can actually exchange those energies together. Yeah, or not doing it from the office when the boss is about to walk in any minute. And then bang, hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, just the same as us, the readers, we need to be in our own sacred space or meditation room. Um, So they too need their own sacred space so that we can, you know, it's quiet, it's peaceful, they're not going to be disturbed. Well, that's true. And if you want a quality reading, that's how you get one. By making sure you set the environment around you so you're more open to everything and open to the psychic to deliver the messages you're looking for. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, Pamatha, it was lovely having you on today. Um, Your PIN number is 5313 and you can actually connect with Psychic Pamatha by visiting soultopath.com. We are available in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, United Kingdom, United States and Singapore. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Stephen. This podcast is a synchronicity media production for Soul Path Psychics.